You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday, November 25th, one day after the Giants' Thanksgiving Day loss to the Dallas Cowboys that uh, saw their record fall to uh, to 7-4. and four. And uh, what we're going to do today, we're going to discuss that game a little bit. We're going to look at the big picture with the Giants being 7-4, and four, still with a, a chance to make the playoffs here over the last six games. And... Uh, as always, the day after games here to uh, to help me uh, discuss all of that, break all, all of that down, add some uh, pearls of wisdom is Big Blue Views Tony Del Genio. Tony, hope you had a great uh, a great Thanksgiving and uh, and thanks for uh, for ju- for jumping on today. I did have a good Thanksgiving, Ed, and I hope you did too. Other than the turkey last night. <laughs> well, yeah, there was the turkey last night, but. But you know the turkey, the turkey during the during the day, my wife and I didn't have to host. We did we didn't have to cook, although my wife did did cook quite a bit. You know, I take I take credit for only for eating, but uh, but that's 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 the best when when you really don't have to do the work and you don't have to host. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, so anyway, let's let's talk a little uh, a little giants and Tony. The way I looked at 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 yesterday's game if you looked at the uh at the the path to victory post that i had uh posted on on big blue view thursday morning and basically said there was a really narrow path to victory for the giants there's a certain way that the giants have had to play all year there's certain things that have to happen they have to they have to control the time of possession. They have to run the ball. They have to keep the score down. They have to minimize their own mistakes. They have to take advantage of, of pretty much every opportunity that they're presented with. You know, they have to be really good in the red zone and on third down. And, and just as undermanned as they are when when those things don't happen, the Giants aren't going to win. And I think that's really what what uh, Thursday's game came down to. Yeah, it's a shame because it was a, a winnable game. And, uh, you know, now through two, two games, two losses to Dallas this season, though I think the thing that you can say about the Giants compared to last season is that the Giants compete with this team. Okay, I mean, Dallas has a very good record. Uh but the Giants can compete with this team, and uh, they just didn't do what they needed to do to actually win the game last night. But it was a winnable game, and it, well, yeah, what, a couple of key plays. Right. What you see with this Giants team is you see the impact of quality coaching, quality game plan, quality scheming, 
they do have some good players. Obviously, they're undermanned, but they can compete because they have a plan, because they try to stay within it. They're not just throwing darts trying to do things. They come into games knowing exactly how it is that they want to approach these games. For me, one of the big differences on Thursday was you just look at the rosters and you look at the number of playmakers that that Dallas has. And Dallas made a lot of mistakes on Thursday as well. Dak Prescott threw two bad interceptions. The the Cowboys foolishly went for it on fourth and fourth and two on their own 40-yard line on their very first drive of the game, and the Giants and the Giants stuffed them. Dallas committed its fair share of of bad penalties on uh, on Thursday as well. For me, one of the things that that this game showed was Dallas had the ability to play through those things. They still managed to put up 28 points. They still managed to to make the big stops. The Giants with the the mistakes that they made the missed opportunities on a couple of bad throws right you know from Daniel Jones having four points taken off the board on the uh, on the Tyree Phillips illegal man downfield penalty the giants aren't yet talented enough they don't have enough playmakers especially when Saquon Barkley is not running wild they just don't have enough to overcome those kinds of things yet. Yeah. Yeah. The giants clearly don't have the number of playmakers that, that Dallas does. And uh, I think Dallas has more playmakers than your, your average team does. But uh, you know, you, you know, you mentioned a couple of things last night. One I thought was not the giants fault that, that ineligible man downfield penalty on Tyree Phillips. I know the rule says that, that uh, you can't be three yards downfield the way he was, but if you actually look in the rule book, Later on, they have they have casebook studies about individual rules, and they specifically talk about the situation where an offensive lineman has driven his his man downfield by four yards, and then stops after the man gets off him and and moves laterally or backwards, and that's supposed to be okay, no penalty. And that's actually what Tyree Phillips did. He he lost his man a few yards downfield, and then didn't go any further there. They're not supposed to call that penalty on him, and it's a shame since it took four points off the board for the Giants. So that one, I just thought I, I didn't blame that one on Tyree Phillips at all. I don't know what he was supposed to do on that play. He, he, it was a play action pass. He's supposed to be run blocking his man on a, on a, on something like that. You know, that I, I believe he is anyway. Uh, he's supposed to at least look like he's run blocking his man. And if his man gives way, I, I can't blame him for that. The, the, the big one obviously was the fourth down pass from Jones to Barkley. And yeah, I blame Barkley for not catching it, but but frankly, I, I think I've seen enough over the years to 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 tell myself that Barkley is not the greatest pass catcher in the world. I think the bigger problem on that play is Daniel Jones is not very good. He doesn't have very good touch with his short passing game. And throws like that, I see he he routinely leaves throws like that short. And and that was a key one where it seemed like it should have been easy to put the ball right in Saquon's bread basket and at the very least get the first down, if not not even a touchdown, if he could have rounded that corner. So it's a shame that a couple of things like that, as you say, the Giants have such a small margin for error that 
that when things don't go right on key plays, uh, it's not as if they can come back and 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 come back with with other big plays because they just don't have the options right now on the field to do it. Yeah, let's talk about the fourth and one play a little bit. I I agree with some of what you said, and I'm not in full agreement on on part of what you said. I obviously think Daniel Jones has has to make a better throw. I thought there were there were three or four throws, short throws, a couple to Richie James in particular and the Barkley one, throws that that could have and should have been in drive extending first downs that Jones, I don't know if he was feeling pressure or whatever, just didn't put in the right place. I think we've seen a couple of examples of that. I think that happened a couple times in the Detroit game as well. I don't know that it's a uh, that it's a constant pattern for Jones. You know, that that is a, a a normal difficulty for him. I know that it has been the last couple of games, and and I thought that that obviously it hurt the Giants last night. I thought it could have and should have been a bigger play. Obviously, if Jones puts the ball in the right place, I thought though that that Saquon has to catch that ball. He, you know, he has to catch that ball, um, but at least to get the Giants the first down. But it's interesting. I had been thinking about Saquon Barkley as a pass catcher. I remember watching Barkley run routes as a rookie and watching him give Janoris Jenkins fits when the Giants split him out wide. And you immediately thought, oh, my God, what a pass-catching weapon Barkley can be. But it's funny. I've been thinking the same thing you said, that maybe he's not the quality pass-catcher, pass-receiver that we think he is. You know, And... Nick Filato of Big Blue View also, you know, jumped into my messages last night and said the same thing. Mm-hmm. He said maybe Barkley is just not that guy. We want to compare him to Alvin Kamara. We want to compare him to Christian McCaffrey as a pass receiver, and maybe he's not that guy. Maybe he needs the perfect ball from the quarterback, and uh, and that that hurt the Giants last. I mean, the good thing was both guys took took responsibility they were accountable for the play uh, but obviously after that play the game got away from the Giants I had no problem with the Giants going for it there you're the underdog you've got to try to change the momentum either you're going to change the momentum right there or the game's going to get away from you and, and they they took their shot it just didn't work but but it's interesting I think that I've heard from both you and Nick, you know, something that I had been thinking about with Saquon and that maybe he's just not the, the pass receiver that, that we thought. Yeah. I, I remember a game, I think in his rookie year, uh, I think it was a game against the Redskins at the time they were the Redskins um, that uh, in which Eli Manning was on fire and he completely, he, he completed pass after pass after pass without any completions in the and then finally his first completion was a pass downfield far downfield to Saquon that really was a a very catchable 
ball that that Saquon just dropped. Um, I, I remember Saquon dropping balls uh, on the other side of the field against uh, Chicago. I think maybe in the game where he might have gotten hurt a couple of years ago. Before he got hurt, he he missed one. And I, it's just this general vibe. And I can't I can't back it up with numbers or anything like that. But it's just this general vibe I have about him that when I see the ball go to him on a pass. I'm always like wondering, is he going to, is he going to catch it or is he not going to catch it? And if he catches it, then he's dynamite in the open field. And that's the, that's the problem is that if you can get him uh, the pass in the open field, you know how dangerous he is with the ball in a situation like that. And uh, so I don't know, it, 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 it's just something I, I'll be keeping my eye on going down the field. Yeah, anecdotally, I think we can talk about that, but, but none of us have actually studied it yet. And you know, people who think we're insane will obviously talk or will obviously point to 91 catches that he made as a rookie. So, mm-hmm. but just maybe something for us to, to look at a little bit more down the road. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Tony, let's talk about where the Giants are right now. Seven and four, lost three out of the last four after a feel-good six and one start where they won some games that nobody thought they were going to win, put themselves in a position nobody thought they were going to be in. Shoot, they're still in a position where at seven and four, number six seed in the playoffs if they started today, still in a position most people didn't think they would be in. But, and and Brian Dable said last night, it's just the ebbs and flows of a season. It comes and goes and stuff happens. And, but I think that, that what you're starting to see, we've talked about that narrow path to victory that the giants have. I think, what you're actually starting to see in some ways is, is game results in some ways that reflect where the giants actually are in terms of their roster, in terms of how far they are from truly being a championship contending team. They can compete, but they don't make enough big plays. They can't overcome their mistakes enough on a consistent basis to really be considered an elite team at this point. Yeah. And I don't think I have at any point this season myself considered them an elite team. I, I thought they were a team that could finish 
10 and 7, maybe even 11 and 6. Um, I figured they were going to lose some games, especially in the second half of the season when they're meeting stiffer competition. Uh, but I also don't think that they're as bad as it may seem that they are over these last few weeks when they've lost three out of four games. I think they're somewhere in between that. Um, you know, you look at the game that they lost to Seattle. Seattle, to me, is a team that I think is probably going to get into the playoffs. Uh, the, the game against Detroit, which I thought was their worst game of the season. Uh, Detroit's looking like a pretty good team now. Detroit gave Buffalo all they could handle yesterday. And, and if Josh Allen doesn't, doesn't complete an insane pass downfield with 20 seconds to go, uh, that, that game goes to overtime and Detroit conceivably can win it. Detroit is looking like, like a good team now. And, uh, and I think that's a team that's evolved over the course of, of the season. And so I thought it was no, it was no terrible thing for the Giants to have lost to them last week. It was just that the Giants played very poorly doing it that 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 bothered me. Last night is another, you know, it's another example. I mean, we were looking at a Dallas team that just got finished beating Minnesota 40 to 3. Uh, at Minnesota, you know, Minnesota comes back the next week and beats New England, uh, a team that whose defense looks looks tremendous, and all of a sudden Minnesota's just running up the score on them. And so the Giants hung in there with Dallas. They weren't they weren't outclassed by Dallas by by any means. It's just that Dallas made the big plays when they had to, and the Giants didn't have the luxury of 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 having their first string receivers going up against practice squad level cornerbacks the way Dallas had going against the Giants last night. You know, when you have, uh, when you, when you're, when you're sending, you know, Nick McLeod and uh, uh, Radarius Williams uh, out there and, and Darnay Holmes as your three starting cornerbacks and, and one of them like Holmes has to guard CD lamb. Well, you know, you're, you're going to have a tough time. That having been said, I didn't think Holmes played all that bad last night, actually, given, given what he had to do where Darius Williams, I thought actually played, played very well, uh, had the interception and, and didn't give up a reception on his other target. And so, you know, they, 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 they go out there and they compete. They're not, they're not, what will disappoint me is if the giants kind of lose out to end the season and it looks like the players are giving up and they start getting routed in games by some of these good teams. That's what will disappoint me because I think what we've seen so far is, is that whatever happens, the coaching staff finds a way to keep them in games and the players respond to that by giving it their all. And I just want, want to make sure that that, doesn't break down as we reach the end of the season. And, and uh, you know, so far so good as far as that goes. Yeah. I think that really for me, when I look at it, you see all of the progress, you see a coaching staff and a front office that you can go forward with. You see how much more the giants have gotten out of some of the players who were here under previous coaching staffs you see a lot of young players to go forward with and and you see a collection of of guys like Nick McLeod and like guys that other guys that the Giants have brought in during the season who can help this team maybe beyond this year and and there's a lot to feel good about you see you know and they're they're ahead of where anybody thought they would be but i also think that what you see is 
how far they still have to go to get where they want to be, to get back to being that that championship caliber team, that team that can that that can be what the Eagles are right now, that team that can compete, you know, for a title. So there there's good and there's bad and and I think it's fantastic that the Giants are playing meaningful games at this time of the year, that they'll continue to play meaningful games the rest of the way. I just I think that we've seen both sides of the coin so far in 2022. Yeah, and we just didn't see that other side of the coin for the most part in the first half of the season, right? Uh, you, you right. get you got to see the you know the amazing wins versus versus Green Bay and Baltimore, uh, you know, for example. Oh, in Tennessee, of course, in the very first game of the season that that no one expected expected, and that obviously gets your hopes up, but you know deep down that this is a, ta- a roster that does not have a whole lot of talent. And then you you come to where we are now, week 12, and so much of the talent that they do have is on the sideline with injuries. And that's the, you know, that's the thing that's really, I think, uh, killing the team is that they, they do have some talent now, and it's just that the talent doesn't run deep. And so when the talent goes down, uh, then you start to to get into trouble and, and especially I think in the secondary and on the offensive line uh, there's just, you know, they're, they're, they're really, they're really grasping at straws for people to play there. That having been said though, the, those players aren't playing badly. They're just not playing well enough to beat teams of the caliber of, of Dallas. Absolutely. And after this little mini buy that the giants have, they face the Washington commanders in week 13 and they should actually be getting some of those players back. Brian Dable wasn't able to commit that that guys like Daniel Bellinger and Aziz Ojolari and Evan Neal and I can't even think there's there's probably a couple of other guys. Uh, John yeah, Feliciano, Brett Bredesen. He couldn't commit that any of those guys would definitely be back. But I think his indication, his his tone in the press conference that that he held on Friday morning seemed to feel like he'll have some of those guys back. So the Giants should be getting some help here coming up soon, and and, and that's a good thing. I, I I keep saying it: get a little bit healthier, have a little bit of time to to rest, and give Saquon Barkley some rest, and and figure out maybe some you know some ways to to get that running game going again, to get Saquon going again. Three out of four losses after winning six out of seven games. The Giants still have an opportunity here. Games against Washington are winnable. Game against Indianapolis is winnable. Minnesota has a a really terrific record, but I don't think they're a juggernaut. I think that, uh, you know, who knows? It wouldn't surprise me if the Giants give the Eagles a really good run for their money in at least one of these games. So it's it's still doable. Reaching the playoffs is still doable. But for me, it's still just interesting that this team has this opportunity. I still look at it from the perspective of when you started the season, you didn't think they'd be in this position it's a bonus. It's a benefit for a developing young team to get the opportunity to play meaningful games like this. 
to really learn just how meaningful one possession, one snap, one mistake, one big play, all of those things can be toward, you know, going toward winning and losing football games. So I still look at it as a bonus and and whether they whether they make it or not, I still think in a lot of ways you look at this season as a as a success, at least so far. So far, right. Yeah. And I think I think the two games coming up against the commanders are are really the acid test for them because both of those games are winnable games. The commanders are a team that's right. that's improved uh, once they uh, moved on from uh, from Carson Wentz and, and gave Taylor Heineke the starting job. But Taylor Heineke is not a great quarterback either. He's uh, you know, and and that team that team has a great defensive line and they have a great wide receiver uh, and. The rest of the team is sort of like the Giants. Uh, it's a team that that has some good pieces and has some not so good pieces, and uh, I don't think that team is as well coached as the Giants are. And so I want to see the Giants be able to to compete in both those games and win at least one of them. And if they if they at least split with Washington, then I'll say okay, you know things things are all right. And and that's what I'm really looking for as we kind of go down the line here is to is to see that this team is not giving up and that they're they're continuing to compete and that they at least find a couple of ways to win games. If they finish at nine and eight, for example, and miss the playoffs at nine and eight, obviously it's a it's a disappointment, but I'd still say that's a very successful season if they finish that way. If they finish seven and ten after being seven and two, well I'll be a little bit disappointed about that. Yeah, that's that's a lot harder to take to finish mm-hmm. uh, to basically finish the season one and eight or something like that over or one and nine over the last ten games. That would be a little harder to take. But I I'm with you. I think if if you get to nine wins, wherever the chips fall, they fall. Yeah, and and, uh, and I'm not ruling out ten and seven yet by by any means. I no absolutely I think both of those games against Washington and the game against Indianapolis. I don't think that that's a tremendous amount to ask. It's 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 by no means guaranteed, and I don't even know whether they'll be favored in in two out of those three games. But right. uh, but still, they're they're games that that are are winnable. And and as you say, giving the Eagles a tough time, at least at home in the game that's coming up first. I think that's a, a doable thing too. The Giants beat the Eagles last year right. with a team that I think is not as good as the team they have this year. Granted, the Eagles are better too, but. Mm-hmm. All right. Last thing for you, Tony. Uh, I have to ask you, uh, we're past Thanksgiving. The, uh, the Odell Beckham bowl has been played. Uh, all that, all that remains now are visits and, and waiting for Beckham to make his decision. Where are you on whether you'd like to see Beckham uh, return to the Giants? I do not want to see Beckham return to the Giants for several different reasons. Uh, First of all, I'm assuming that he's not going to sign for uh, a million dollars a year or anything like that. Okay. He's going to want a big contract. Um, I, and I, I don't, see the giants putting their money in that particular uh place i don't think that we even know yet who odell beckham is at this point in his career after the injuries he's had and he's coming back from an acl too and we just don't know how that's 
going to work out. And um, I, and I, I guess to me, the, the last thing I want to see is, an, is another small receiver on the Giants. I want to see the Giants with some, some height at the wide receiver position and, and, and invest resources and in going that, that route, not, you know, not necessarily in free agency, you know, maybe in the draft, but I just, it just doesn't seem to me that, that putting OBJ on this team right now in this situation is something that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, a year from now, if I really thought that they were going to make a Super Bowl run and say, oh, he's like the, the kind of the, the one missing piece to add to a, an already good team, maybe I'd feel differently. But right now, I'd say it's premature. Yeah, I would agree, Tony. I've said all along pretty much that I didn't think Beckham to the Giants was realistic and that I really wasn't in favor of it anyway. And it was interesting because last night we started to hear Oh, Beckham might not meet with the Giants until sometime next week, and he might not meet with the Cowboys until the week after that. And and maybe he's not even going to be ready to play before the end of the regular season. So it, it becomes more and more mysterious and, and, and less and less beneficial to uh, to bring the guy in in the regular season anyway. I just I don't see it. I don't see how the Giants do it financially. I and I remind people all the time. Remember all of the all of the excitement when the Giants re-signed Landon Collins. And for weeks it was, oh, I can't wait until Landon Collins gets back on the active roster. And let's get Collins, you know, elevated from the practice squad. Well, what we've seen the last couple of weeks is the Giants elevated Collins a couple times. He did nothing. He played a, a bare minimum of snaps. He hasn't been elevated the last couple of weeks. And it's a constant reminder of something that I tell people. You get attached to a player from five or six or seven years ago. This many years later, those guys are not the same players. Their bodies are not the same. They're not the same athletically. They've been through a lot of injuries. Landon Collins right now isn't the Pro Bowl player that Giants fans remember. He's a practice squad player hanging on to his career by a thread. And, and Odell Beckham might still be a useful NFL wide receiver, but he's a guy that's missed time with a fractured ankle. He's missed time with two torn ACLs. He's not ever going to be the Odell Beckham of 2014, 2015 that you that you might remember. And if that's the guy that you're expecting to walk into anyone's locker room, then you're just not being realistic. So, uh, so I'm not a fan of of the Beckham move anyway. Yeah, if they could if they could sign 2016. OBJ, uh, my, my, my favorite OBJ play, as opposed to most people who love the, who love the, the tremendous catch against Dallas on Monday night football, uh, that he made, which is a game the Giants lost. My favorite OBJ play actually was in 2016 when the Giants were home against the Ravens and losing by three points to them with a minute 
to go and they had fourth and one and they ran OBJ on a slant and he caught the, he caught the slant. There was a little bit, a little bit of a rub with, with uh, two of the, uh, the defense talking about the talking about the slant that, that he took to the house that he took to the house to, to win the game. And that, and that's the OBJ that I would, I would resign if I could get him, but that, I don't think that OBJ exists anymore. Nor do I, Tony. Anyway, thank you very, very much for uh, for spending a little bit of, of time with me today. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.